Domstars, an unofficial fan podcast about the greatest Australian football team, the Essendon Bombers. My name is Jamie. And I'm Nick. And mate, that was tough watching, uh, especially on Saturday. I was sitting in the heat um, watching that game and mate, it wasn't a uh, pretty sight, let's put it that way. Nah, it certainly wasn't, mate. I mean, this is the, I guess, the <laughs> deflating thing. You know, all through preseason, every team is flying. Everyone reckons they're in with a chance and certainly we were being pumped up um, by the club, by the players. Uh, and even before the match, there was a, uh, a bit of footage where Truck was saying to the players, you know, what are we here for? And uh, Perkins said, you know, to prepare for grand final day. Yep, that's right, to prepare for grand final day. Well, bugger me, mate, we are a long way away from that if that's the sort of stuff we're going to um, dish up. Um, so pretty disappointing. Um, you know, at the end of the day, training is training. Words are words, but until we see actions on the field, um, yeah, I think we're going to have to, uh, uh, you know, uh, I, I suppose expect the uh, the boys to to come back from that to to fire up and um, uh, try to win some of that respect back because certainly. Um, to dish up that effort, particularly the first half, I'd have to say, um, it, it, yeah, for us long-suffering supporters, I know the way I saw it anyway, mate, was um, it was kind of a bit of a slap in the face to go, oh, look at what we're building, and then that's what we were sort of served up with. And, yeah, for everyone suffering in the heat there, there didn't seem to be a lot of shade uh, for anyone out there. Um, yeah, it would have been a pretty tough day at the office. Yeah, well, look, the thing is, um, you know, you prepare for grand final day, but before then you have to actually make the grand final and it's hard to do that when you lose by 11 goals in round one. But <laughs> yeah. um, having said that, look, you know, it's one one loss. Um, yeah, albeit it was very disappointing. But, um, you know, we have got a chance to respond this week. Uh, you'd expect the players to really... You know, they'll be embarrassed by that effort, I would assume. I, I would think that you would uh, want to amend at least the way that it was perceived. Um, you know, you know Matthew Lloyd calling out players like Zach Merritt, you know, being so fumbly and, you know, not, not really chasing hard enough. Like, I think that's a real slap, especially when it comes from legends of your club. Yep. Um, you know, you'd think the players are... Are going to really want to resolve that, you know, at least in some shape or form. You know, Brisbane, you know, they had a good win uh, against Port, but let's face it, it wasn't the prettiest football up there either. So, you know, early days of the season, um, Marvel's our, you know, traditionally probably the venue where we play our best footy. So uh, I don't think there'll be too many excuses, um, you know, if we don't put up a much better effort than what we saw on Saturday. But, mate, we did get a couple of injuries out of the game or we got one key injury and um, obviously we learned a bit more about Will Snelly. Yeah, mate, uh, really unfortunate. Basically, his first touch of the game, uh, Langford went for a bit of a mark on the on the wing there, uh, came up lame uh, and obviously done his hammy. Um, really disappointing because, you know, he is someone who's, been building over a number of years, let alone you know over the preseason, where he's uh, apparently put in like a really good preseason again. Um, he's a pretty important player for us. He's 
got a point of difference in terms of his height, his, his bigger body uh, when he does go in the midfield every now and then. So his loss um, certainly felt by uh, felt by the team there and will be for some time. Um, we don't fully know the extent of it. Um, I mean, there's some reports saying it could be, you know, what is up to 12 weeks or so um, out of footy, potentially even longer. Um, hopefully it's a lot less than that. We can see him uh, back on the park sooner rather than later, but um, certainly a pretty bad injury. And as for Snelling, yeah, it sounds like we won't see him on the park uh, for at least, what was it, a few weeks or so, James? Um, yeah, with a calf. Um, yeah. yeah, and calves can be troublesome, you know. Like, um, so, you know, with him being a player that, you know, he really needs a lot of power in those legs to, you know, he does a lot of hard work in terms of tackling and also, you know, in, in tight, um, you know, he needs to be right to enter the contests and so forth. So, yeah, I, I would say, you know, in the first three weeks at least that he'll be out. Um, and, you know, in better news, we're hearing Jake Stringer will play. Um, we did hear that before the Geelong game too. So uh, hopefully it's not a false, you know, false dawn. But I'm, uh, you know, optimistic that they'll roll Jake out because, um, you know, not that he would have made all the difference, but just his temperament and the way that he, um, you know, he, it's funny, you know, uh, I was sitting next to a guy who was telling me that, yeah, Dyson Heppel, he's not a he's not a captain, not the captain S and they need a you know a really you know firestone kind of uh captain who's really gonna say, come with me, boys. He said, I find with Dyson, it's all talk. It's not, you know, I don't see him making a change. And um, you know, I think you know, Jake Stringer uh sounds funny, but like I think the boys do gather around him and, like, I don't think he'll ever be captain, don't get me wrong, um, especially when you've got Zach Merrin and Andy McGrath, probably the next wings behind Dyson. But, I mean, Stringer's just that bull out of the gate that, yeah, you could see the players wanting to play for, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, he, he's basically the polar opposite of Dyson in terms of he's just, he's all action. He's not, like, he's not the type of person that would um, you know, talk you through something. He's mm-hmm. that person who rips the ball out of the centre uh, try and make things happen by actions rather than g the boys up. Um, so I, I mean, I don't know. Like last year, I I thought Dyson Heppel, um, you know, his leadership was demonstrated in a number of moments. Um, you know, whether it was going back with the flight of the ball, taking a mark where we really needed it, um, whether it was you know the speeches we saw with the players and that kind of stuff. I I think he's definitely a leader of the club, and if the yeah, I understand where people are coming from. They want fire and brimstone. They want people to get up the boys and whatever. Um, personally, I look at the makeup of our list. Who's there to do that? Like, there's no one that stands out to me as someone who, um, you know, is likely to get up the boys um, and doing that still maintain their respect. Like, uh, it's it's interesting, like, hearing people talk about the way Mark Bomber Thompson um, was captain. Like he'd give you a um, a right serve, but he'd do it in a way that you're like, yeah, I, I know I stuffed up, uh, and you would work hard because you didn't want to disappoint him. Um, and he'd he'd encourage you as well. He'd challenge you, and um, 
you'd, you'd go along for the ride. Zach Merritt's probably the closest I can think to that kind of temperament, but it's been evidenced previously in uh, you know the player voting for you know, who their captain is and all the rest of it. Um, how he's gone about it has uh, put some people off. So obviously he's worked on that. Uh, he's back in the leadership group. He's obviously vice captain. Um, so they've obviously recognised you know, he's someone you want to build around in terms of standards and all the rest of it. Uh, but I think it's a very difficult thing to um, yeah, effectively just chop out a, a, a captain um, when, you know, some people's temperaments aren't necessarily um, you know, geared toward that. I think Dyson's done a, um, a fair job. No, he didn't play great on the weekend. Um, but I do think that that point of, um, you know, who's that person that's going to take the game by the scruff of the neck no one stood up on the weekend. That's a disappointing thing, but I do expect the boys to uh, to respond from here on. Yeah, and look, at, we understand we're in the, yeah, footy's an emotional game. Oh. And so our emotions obviously change. Um, <laughs> on the fringes of the team, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And look, at, you know, people joke about it, but it's true. Like, it affects your week. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, you, know, you can be down in the dumps for a few days after a loss like that, and I know I have been. I've, uh, you know, just been stewing. I just, I'm just thinking, you know, like this is a side that I was hoping the days of big losses like that were a thing of the past. You know, like I thought we we're getting to a stage, especially especially on the um, back half of last year, we were really competitive. You know, obviously we had a disappointing finals loss, but prior to that, we were really you know, taking out to all, you know, most comers, like, all right, we only beat the one top eight side. But, I mean, the effort was there every game, I thought, like, especially in that second half of the year. Yeah. Um, I just thought, you know, this one really felt like that GWS loss uh, in round one a few years ago. Mate. I don't know if you remember that, but, uh, yeah. you know, we just didn't come to play. Um, and I don't want to foreshadow anything, but I don't know if you remember round two that year, mate. We played Port and we lost about three or four players for injury. So yeah. I'm hoping not for a renew of that either. No, I mean, that that Port game was last year. I think the GWS one was 2019. Um, but, I mean, I wouldn't put it beyond Essendon to, uh, to lose a number of players due to injury on multiple occasions. Um, but, yeah, I guess, you know... I. You know, obviously, the podcast this week is a bit delayed. You know, life gets in the way and all that kind of stuff. So it's given given us the benefit of having a couple of days to uh, to cool down about it. But we're still emotional about it. We're still, um, you know, disappointed about it. And, um, you know, footy is an, an emotional game. Um, you know, for, for better or worse, it gives you the highest of highs and the, sometimes the lowest of lows, James. Um, but, look... Um, all we can do now is expect the boys to respond. I think one thing um, that we have to keep in mind is, you know, how we started last year. Um, yeah, we we had a forty point lead to Hawthorne and lost by one point in round one. Then uh, continued to get smacked the next two weeks by Port and Brisbane. Um, but then from there, um, we sort of reset. Uh, there's a potential here. I won't say it's a high potential. But there's a potential here that the boys have copped their whack, um, shown nah, that effort is not what's going to cut it. Uh, and it's not even the effort, James. It's um, 
the the want and willingness to provide a contest. Um, certainly, our tackle numbers were uh, pretty dismal, um, uh, which you know says to me a lot about the um, mindset we went into that game with. Um, but um, all we can do now is expect the players to respond from that. How they respond. Um, as a unit, like collectively, not even just as individual players, but collectively to say, no, nah, we're not going to put up with that crap. Uh, and that goes to all levels, um, you know, whether it's the players in the park, whether it's team selection, um, to really solidify. I mean, if, if Truck wants to bring in this, um, you know, blue collar, you know, hard work ethic um, game style and, um, and motivation to, to play, which we did see last year, I believe. Um, you know, are they going to, um, you know, let that slip, you know, through a, a bad early start to the season or will they fight back and say, nah, you know, we, we've had our aberration of a game. Uh, let's not do that again um, and put our nose to the grindstone. So um, I'm, I'm not throwing the baby out with a bathwater just yet, Jane. Um, but I, I tell you what, there are uh, a few times where I just shook my head and thought, not this again. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a couple of good news, mate. Um, I'll give you one, obviously, is that would you believe we're the number one um, <laughs> side with possession? Um, of, all the, of all the 18 sides, we have the most possession. Yeah. Um, I let this go, so what a useless stat that is, mate. I, and... You know, I'm sure we'll talk about it later, but um, there was a lot of stat collecting going on in the day. Um, and you can have as many stats as you like, but it doesn't necessarily um, reflect on how much influence or not you had on a game. Uh, and certainly I, I think that'll be reflected uh, in our respective votes. Um, but uh, yeah, and it's, it's what we do with the footy in hand. Um, certainly... Uh, it was it was always going to be an issue, um, you know, with our forward line woes, woes and all the rest of it. Uh, where we didn't expect it to be such an issue uh, was in our midfield brigade. I, I felt um, that that's where we we really broke down um, on the weekend. Like we we talked about how excited we were to have this, um, you know, the, the deepest midfield uh, depth we've had for such a long time, both in terms of depth and in quality. Um, thinking how good is it we've got all these blokes in the park and um, it, it wasn't pretty our uh, disposal efficiency and even decision making was uh, pretty down of the day so disposal numbers um, you know in the words of Shania Twain mate it don't impress me much uh, that's correct um, and also obviously the real good news was um, a player coming from our SSP uh, selection I mean, Nick Martin has gone on to be the round one uh, nominee for the Rising Star Award, which is, you know, you think that's just outrageous. You know, you start, you're not even contracted, uh, you know, at Christmas time, and yet round one at the MCG, you're kicking five goals and you're the Rising Star nominee for round one. Yeah, and they, they weren't, you know, just um, Joe the Gooses over the top kind of thing. Like he showed a lot of poise. Um, and, uh, like, that honestly was um, severely lacking from some of our more senior players. Um, 
So for a first game, it'll show that amount of poise. You know, for a 20-year-old, you know, he, last year he was running around the waffle, um, you know, kicked a, kicked a number of goals, but, um, yeah, going from the waffle to the MCG, as you say, James, like it's, it's quite a different environment. And, uh, yeah, he, he thrived, mate. He made the most of his opportunity. And it wasn't even just the five goals, like 27 disposals. He, um, you know, racked the ball up, showed a, a really good ability to read the play, uh, read where the ball was going. Um, so it was a fantastic debut. Um, you know, it's <laughs> obviously you're not going to expect that uh, sort of output every week, but geez, it'd be bloody handy if we got it. Yeah, well, I think he's really important because he was one of the only players I saw that was so clean. Every mm. time he went to pick up the ball, like he just picked it up. You know, we saw a yep. number of our players really be quite uh, uncharacteristically uh, kind of uh, fumbly, you know, from yep. Parrish and Merritt and even Shield and, um, you know, these kind of players that, you know, you'd hope that they. Uh, seasoned players who can, you know, be ready for nice conditions and ready to fire. That you know, they really struggled uh, at times. And whereas Nick Martin just looked clean every time. You know, he just yeah. and as you said, he ran to the right spots. Um, I think he's going to be really important acquisition in terms of um, covering for Kyle Langford as well because um, they're quite similar in terms of they can be high uh, forwards uh, and, and go to the wing. Um, so almost similar positions. Um, obviously, of course, we'd like both of them out there. But, I mean, um, you know, to cover Kyle for such a long period of time, um, you know, I think Nick Martin's not a bad replacement. Um, you know, not as like, you know, in terms of like for like, um, yeah, I think they're actually quite, you know, um, you know, adaptable to each other. So, yeah, I don't know. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, we've definitely lucked on to this one here, James. Um you know, I think uh, he's, he's taken us all by surprise a bit. Um, you know, a lot of us, you know, reading the trading reports on Blitz or um, wherever we're getting our news, we're thinking, you know, we're probably going to take one of Wanganin and Feo Jr. Um, and then the practice games and you saw Nick Martin, you thought, oh, you know, he's not a bad player here. I mean, he's not flashy, um, just does his role, but you know, he seems to do his, his role fairly well. Um, kicked kick goals in, in both those games and you thought, you know, this place a chance. Um, and we, yep, eventually signed him. Um, and to see that play out on the, the MCG uh, was just fantastic. So, um, yeah, he, <laughs> it feels bad saying it. Um, you know, both, both played his first game and all of, already we're sort of saying, geez, he's going to be important for us. Um, you know, don't want to put a lot of responsibility on the young bloke. Um, uh, but yeah, certainly Langford will be a a big out for us um, if he can fill those shoes. Um, that would be excellent. But yeah, I do think equally you have to be realistic, and we're not going to get that output every week. Um, but hopefully, from what we've seen uh, from Nick Martin, is yeah, what we will see each week is a uh, yeah a willingness to. Um, yeah, pick the ball up off the ground when it's contested, um, which is something, again, uh, that was lacking in some of our more senior players. So, um, yeah, very, uh, was very uh, happy to see uh, his game and the impact uh, he had on it, at least from, um, uh, from his side. Yeah. All right. Well, um, let's uh, go through the game, mate. Um, yeah, 
it won't be fun. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, like I said, I went to the ground. I was uh, excited for round one. I thought, well, half a chance because I thought, you know, you know, we're obviously a lot younger. Geelong had a number of players out, like Duncan and Menegola, and um, yeah, I just felt that you know, on a hot day, our young legs might, you know, really be uh, able to get over the top of Geelong. You know, so many players over 30. Mm. Um, but, you know, that was quickly dismissed, mate. Um, you know, the first few ball-ups and uh, kind of knew we were in trouble a bit. Certainly were, mate. I think really the the danger signs sort of been there early uh, in terms of, like, they were on. Um, you know, with the Cats getting that first goal of the game through, like, I really – you have to – like say it, it was a really classy kick from Hawkins, you know, basically right on the boundary, 50 metres out. It was a beautiful kick. Um, and you just thought, oh, they're on here. You know, Dangerfield was bursting out of the centre. Um, the unfortunate side for that is at no stage throughout the game did it appear that we were going to put a, a body goal side of him. Um, we just sort of allowed him to to take his runs and... Um, you know, bomb it into the forward line time and time again. And um, the thing is with that, they do have like a very classy forward line in, um, you know, big Tom Tom Hawkins and, um, you know, even some of their smalls are, are quite crafty. You know, obviously saw Stengel later on the game you know, get involved in a few. So the difference between when we would bomb it in uh, to our forward line and um, with our, like you have to say, makeshift forward line, um to their you know, solid, um, very experienced guys. Um, yeah, it was a, obviously a bit of a disparity there. Uh, one shining light I had, particularly from that first quarter, Jane, was um, watching Archie Perkins. Um, yeah, he was getting involved early. Like I reckon in that first two, three minutes, he would have had you know, three, four touches and just looks, he looks really clean. Um, the, his, the way he moved, the way he picked up the footy, um, but what I liked especially was his uh, willingness to lower the eyes, find a target inside 50. Or we saw that beautiful pass where he nailed a, a beautiful pass to Guelphy about 40 metres out. Yeah, Guelphy missed the goal, but um, just that kick was was beautiful. And um, you started to go, oh, yeah, this is what we recruited this bloke for. He's, yeah, he's going to be a gun, I think. Um, obviously, you know, it was hard, hard on the day to... Be a real standout, um, apart from Nick Martin, but I, I thought he was one of our best players. And um, yeah, early start, he started well, but um, as you said, we saw Hawkins kick that nice goal on the boundary. And mm. as you said, mate, uh, coming up is just a total control of centre clearances that John had, um, even when Sam Draper was winning the tap. Uh, the amount of times, as you said, Patrick Dangerfield just ran onto the ball and and our defensive positioning was just, oh, oh, yeah, I just thought it would adapt to that. You know, like mm-hmm. when you're getting all these goals kicked, you make adjustments and, you know, get goals side, you know, like just the amount of free run on to the play uh, Geelong had. Yeah. And the fact that we never looked to change that, you know, you know, it's hard with the 666. You know, you can't flood the back line. You can't do that. But you can definitely position yourself. Uh, which is six players in each area uh, defensively when you need to. And I didn't think we made that adjustment. No, we, we definitely didn't. Um, and it was a shame. And I think that 
obviously put a lot of pressure on our back line. Um, again, you know, I, I, I think we're, we're still a bit of a makeshift back line. I've, you know, obviously back the blokes in there to give everything a red hot crack. Um, but realistically, Jimmy Stewart, as much as I love him, uh, he is never going to be able to, um, uh, you know, totally, you know, outmark, outread uh, Tom Hawkins of the game. There's no way he's going to do it. Um, so to continually have him one out uh, with Tom Hawkins was pretty disappointing. Um, obviously, Laverty, um, you know, went to him at different stages of the game and he seemed to um, nullify it to a degree. Uh, but then also you'd have, you know, Jeremy Cameron uh, bobbing up, uh, kicking a couple of goals. Um, so, yeah, we, we didn't adjust. Um, you, know, you obviously had Dangerfield coming through, um, kicking goals from the from the square, basically. Um, finally got our uh, first goal through a crumped pickup and snap from Dev Smith on the left, uh, which was nice to see. And we thought, oh, okay, well, maybe, you know, there's a bit of life in Dev Smith yet. You know, he's um, as a crafty small forward. Um, yeah, unfortunately, that didn't seem the case for the rest of the game. Um, yeah, we saw Cameron kick another. Dalhouse uh, bobbed up to kick one. Um, and then, you know, soon after that, we saw Langford um, go out of the game and Cutler come on as a sub for him. Um, but the, the Cats just kept on piling on the pressure. Um, you know, Hawkins had another shot, kicked a point. Um, and then, uh, you know, we finally got on the ball, uh, board again uh, with Caldwell kicking a nice set shot uh, from around 15. And I thought, um, yeah, he's one for my game. He didn't have a standout game, um, but I thought he was solid enough to go, yeah, this is what we're bringing this bloke in for. So, um, uh, yeah, I guess some, some all right signs from an individual level, but as a team, we, um, yeah, we were just letting it through far too easy. Um, one good thing I saw, James, is, uh, you know, obviously there was a lot of improvement last year, uh, but Tom Cutler, Cutler, after coming on as a as a sub, I thought he showed good intent. Um, there was that point there in that quarter where he uh, actually took down Radigalita in a big tackle. And I thought that was great work from Cutler to show that defensive side of his game, show a bit of uh, physicality because he's he's not a small boy, Radigalia. Um, So I thought that was uh, excellent work from uh, from Cuts. Uh, but then soon after that was that massive collision uh, between Laverty and Cameron. Um, and, uh, you know, while Cameron got up and seemed to sort of shake it off initially anyway, um, you know, Lav, it looked like Lav's lower leg got um, sort of caught beneath Cameron. Uh, but it turned out later on he, um, you know, he'd been severely winded. Um, and to add insult to injury, mate, um, Hawkins had taken the mark and went back to to kick the goal straight after. Hawkins is, uh, yeah, he's such a beautiful kick of the footy. Mm. So he doesn't need many opportunities to really make you pay. And, you know, I thought until Jeremy Cameron went off, he was on track to kick about eight goals as well because yeah. he was um, causing us a lot of problems. That, you know, uh, we'll talk about it later, but, but, you know, many people won't realise it. Um, Hawkins was held goalless after you know halfway through the 
second quarter. So, um, you know, second, definitely in the second quarter, he didn't kick it under goal. So, uh, obviously, it wasn't the be-all or end-all for Geelong, but um, uh, at least we stemmed the bleeding somewhat. Um, but, I mean, like, you know, that's only individually. Like, we didn't yeah. stop Geelong anywhere else. But, you know, I was relieved um, that Jaden hadn't injured himself. We all know his um, injury history. He's had a lot of them. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think after Zach Tui kicked his uh, goal, mate, on the, you know, right near the end of the quarter, yep. um, you know, my head was in my hands, if you know what I mean. Like, I just thought, where did this kind of performance come from? Like, mm. surely, <clears throat> you know, you've been talking up how much you've been looking forward to round one and you put up that. And just to start, I'll quickly want to go over, mate. Mm. Um, they said here that uh, the 23 points, uh, they Geelong led by 23 points from stoppage clearances. Now that's massive in a quarter. Mm. 23 points in, yeah, just from stoppage. Yeah. yeah. And then um, even here's another damning stat is that Essendon could only get the ball inside 50 twice, a very low 14% in the first oh, yeah. quarter. So, like, that's, um, yeah, and like obviously we kicked the two goals one, so you wonder how you got that stat. But I mean, obviously if you kick the ball outside fifty and it goes through for a point, then that doesn't count as inside fifty. Um, so yeah, it's just a really disappointing. I just thought right, Frack's going to give it to him here, and you know we're going to see some kind of response. Well, yeah, but just before we get into that jab like that where Tui got the goal, like that came from our failure to be able to transition the ball from our back 50 uh, through the middle to get into our forward line. And it came through like just our inability to take a grab. We fumbled the ball so much, um, you know, even open kicks, you know, there was a, a moment there where um, we sort of kicked one into Parrish, like basically on a wing. Um, yes, he had blokes running towards him, but it would have had, you know, at least two, three metres, um, you know, free to take that mark, uh, but he dropped it. Um, and then the Cats would continually uh, pump the ball back into their forward 50 and the back line looked panicked. And yeah, Redmond literally just dump kicked it out straight to Tui and he just kicked it straight back over his head for a goal. So like, yeah, dropped marks and um, stuff like that. It was it was killing us, um, but as you say, like um, we had to, we had to respond. Um, but unfortunately, within a minute, Hawkins had his third goal, and they were forty points up. Um, yeah, the early stages of that second quarter there. Uh, you know, we saw Blitzavs um, have a shot, but we rushed it through um, before Hawkins took another mark to kick his fourth. Uh, so it was just danger signs all over the place. Um, we finally got our third goal through uh, debutante Nick Martin. Uh, so I thought that was that was excellent to see. Um, but then, yeah, like as soon as we would kick a goal, the the Cats would answer straight back. And um, the defence was under continued pressure. Stewart tried to whack a couple away. Um, but, uh, you know, ultimately, uh, the, kicks, the Cats kicked another through Stengel. Um, and then we finally saw the boys change tack a bit. We thought they started to slow the play down, which I thought was good. Uh, previously, that's been a failure of ours where 
if the game was getting away with us, we wouldn't change how we would play. Like effectively, there'd be no plan B. Uh, but they did slow uh, the play down and we worked it up end to end. Uh, and Smith took a mark about 35 out. And it should have been a regulation goal, James. Um, but he missed it. Um, Cox got a free seat. I was going to say, I was going to jump in and just say, yeah. I've got concerns about his goal. Mate. Like, yeah. He looks like he struggles to kick 40 metres. Like, yeah. um, you know, like, and I think he overreaches when he's outside of 35. Um, so when he's got to kick 40, he really strains. And you see him even with his practice swing, mate, he's really hyperextending that leg to get it as high as possible yeah. because he must have some doubts in his mind he can make the distance. And that's a bit worrying. You know, we know he's had a lot of knee problems and so forth. Um, but, yeah, yeah, he's certainly a player that's highly skilled or was highly skilled. But, um, yeah, set shot kicking, uh, especially from any range outside of 35, it's, looks like it's testing him. Yeah, and that's, um, you know, as you say, might be a, a lack of um, sort of faith in his, in his body, whether it'll hold up or whatever the go is there. But certainly, yeah, to miss from 35 out when you've got limited opportunities, it just kills you. Uh, and that seemed to be a, a flow on from there. You know, we saw Cox get a free about 40, 45 out. He missed. Uh, Shield marked one inside 50, uh, didn't even trouble the scorers. Um, yeah, we saw uh, another beautiful entry by Perkins to Baldwin. Um, he marked it, but again, failed to trouble the scorers. And like again, when we have such limited opportunity and we're, we're coughing up these ones, um, yeah, not, not obviously dumping on, uh, on Baldwin here, but yeah, as, as a unit, um, you work so hard to try and get the ball into a scoring position and, um, yeah, for it to end up with naught um, must be a bit um, deflating. So we had plenty of the play, but we just couldn't capitalise. Um, close for them, um, then kicked another goal. Um, Stengel had a shot, missed uh, before Higgins kicked another goal. Um, yeah, Smith kicked another point. Um but at halftime, we were down by 10 goals, so 12 9 81 to our three goals, 3 21. Um, the unfortunate thing for the Cats was uh, during that quarter, Jeremy Cameron basically didn't take any more part in the game. Um, and he was actually sent to hospital. Um, you know, I, I watched it on TV at home, James, and um, uh, the vision of the, of the rooms with um, the guys all uh, getting around Cameron to see how he was. Like he looked uh, pretty distressed. Um, you know, um, I think in the end they um, they suspected it might have been a um, yeah potentially a cracked rib or something like that. I haven't uh, checked to see any update. Was it, it was actually a hip pointer. So oh, right. So it was actually his hip. Um, but uh, yeah, there is like he's obviously in doubt for the game against Sydney this week for Geelong, mm. but um, they haven't ruled him out yet. So he may even get up um, and due to it not being concussion related, mm. uh, he can be free to play if he, um, if he can prove his fitness. Not that we care about that, but I mean, like, at least we know, um, you know, there was no clash of heads or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, like it, no one wants to see any player get injured, whether it's for the opposition or for us. Um, um, but uh, yeah, it was just sort of 
um, crazy how, like, after that initial clash between him and Laverde, um, you thought Laverde came off second best, but he actually came back on and um, I thought battled manfully for us down there. Whereas um, uh, Cameron, who initially seemed to uh, dust himself off, um, yeah, had to, had to be sent away. So, but in any case, we were down by 10 goals at halftime. Um, and the uh, yeah, third quarter looked pretty dangerous. Um, again, like close for them, kick the first point. Uh, but then we saw Merritt uh, kick it to the top of the square. Uh, and two meter Peter finally uh, got involved, taking a big grab and uh, went back to kick the goal. Yeah, he, well, to be fair, the ball hadn't been going in there very often, but. Too often he was up against three Geelong players, you know. Mm. Um, Geelong kind of identified the only way Essendon were getting goals, they were just bombing it forward. Mm. So it gave their players and very experienced players, uh, remind you, is, uh, you know, they just knew they needed to bring the ball to ground and they would repel any attack that we tried to muster. So, um, yeah, we we really do need to uh, look at our forward uh, entries because wow. you know bombing it forward uh, when Peter writes your main target is going to be something that's going to be very easily identifiable to the your opposition. Yep, absolutely. Um, then we saw Shield have a bit of a run uh, from half back. He faked a couple um, before releasing Perkins. He found Cutler, uh, and he got a fifty meter penalty after Smith for the Cats encroached the mark, and he duly dobbed it. Uh, so another. Much needed goal there. Um, then we saw uh, Dalhouse um, again uh, make a really classy kick to uh, to close. He then kicked another goal for the Cats. Before uh, that, mate, um, you'll remember that um, Sam Draper was yeah. uh, taken to well was in the sights of um, MRP when uh, he oh, yeah. uh, threw that swinging arm and. Picked up Radigalia uh, in the breadbasket. Mm. Um, yeah, it was only a fine, thankfully. But there's been a few commentators really say, oh, is this what we want to stand for as a competition? You know, like, so... Oh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm not a fan of that kind of stuff, but it's a bit rich for them to uh, to say that against you know, Sammy Draper when we've, we've seen that you know, from numerous players across the comp- competition. Um and it's never necessarily called out. Yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, then we saw um, Smith actually showed a good bit of vision to hit Colwell inside 50. The, the disappointing thing for me was it looks like he didn't want to pull the trigger, didn't take the shot, and basically blasted it across the face of goal, and the Caps just whipped it away. Um, and, like, that's the – like, where we get gun shy in front of goal – that's the really disappointing thing because that tells me that you have no confidence um, having a shot at goal. Um, yeah, they, the Cats, whenever like they're a classy defensive outfit, they're never going to give you easy shots. Uh, so when you do get them, um, you know, I, I just find it a bit disappointing that people hand off the responsibility. Um, yeah, and then we saw, uh, you know, Higgins, he started to get off the leash. Um, had a few shots of goal, um, yeah, missed a, missed a couple. Um, and then we finally saw um, Martin uh, show a bit of composure again 
uh, after Golfy handballed to him. He um, kicked his second, um, which was nice to see. But then we saw Stengel start to get involved. He, you know, he slotted one up the other end. Uh, and soon after, um, <laughs> kicked another and then kicked his fourth soon after that. So three unanswered goals uh, from Stengel. Um, geez, it made you weep thinking, bloody hell, you know, we were trying to get a small forward and, uh, yeah, obviously missed out on the beauty here, mate. Yeah, well, he was one that we were definitely considering. That, you, know, um, you know, I know that, you know, it had been reported that uh, he had a choice between Geelong and Essendon. They, they really did kind of emphasise that... Um, the decision to get Eddie Betts to Geelong was a key influence on him selecting Geelong. But um, from all reports, and I'm glad to hear this, that we were interested in that kind of player. Yep. Um, so, yeah, what might have been. But, uh, I mean, it's easier to play footy in, um, in good sides uh, when you've got so much control oh, yeah. of play. Yep. Um, you know, if he had a selected Essendon, it may have been hard for him to kick four goals on the day when the ball's not coming down there as much or, or as easily. Yeah, absolutely. Good point there. Um, but then we saw um, Guthrie kick another goal for them, like just to pile on a bit more pain at the end of the third quarter, Jane. We were 77 points down, 17 goals, 14, 116 to our six goals, 339. Um, still had another quarter to go, so... Um, yeah, the start of that fourth quarter, uh, two meter Peter had a mark and a shot, but no good. Uh, but he did get involved again, um, though, marking it outside 50 and kicking it beautifully inside to Martin. Showed a good bit of vision there, two meter Peter, I thought. And Martin strolled in to kick his third. Yeah, that was good. Uh, it was a good transfer of play, and as you said, um, good vision by Peter Wright because. Was on the far side of the ground and mm. it was a nicely weighted kick, so that he didn't have to break stride. Uh, Nick Martin kicked the, his third goal, mate, which is uh, even on its own. Mm. Great, great effort to kick three goals in your first game, and that That's would it. that would continue. That's it. If we thought that was good, his fourth came immediately after uh, when he received the hands from Parrish, dodged a tackle, which <laughs> just looked excellent, uh, and he bloody slotted it, mate. Yeah, that was a beautiful goal. And he just said the, just a side turn, um, of, you know, the, the shuffle of the feet um, is, is actually refreshing to see an Essendon player brush a Geelong mm. um, opposition aside, you know, because they seemed a much bigger side than us Geelong. I don't know as a style of play or what, but, um, yeah, like I just thought we really looked bullied most of yep. the game. Um but I really like that sidestep of um, Nick Martin. Yeah, it was beautiful. Um, and then we saw, uh, you know, Baldwin make a really great tackle about 50 metres out. Dev Smith played on. And I've got to say, mate, my heart was in my throat going, bloody hell, what are you playing on for? But turned out all right. Um, he ended up hitting up two-metre Peter, who again released Martin uh, to waltz into kick number five. Yeah, fantastic. And, um, you know, like, you know, there was no comeback on or anything like that. But, I mean, just to have something good to talk about, you know, five goals under Boos, you know, great effort. And, um, you know, not many uh, Essendon footballers have done that, mate. I, I was at the game when um, Scott Cummings finally got his first run with the Bombers and 
he kicked eight on the boo against um, Sydney. Yeah. Um, so that shows how old I am. But I still remember that day. But um, yeah, five goals from a high-winged player. Um, yeah, unbelievable stuff. And, you know, it wasn't even quarter way through the uh, – sorry, it wasn't even halfway through the last quarter. And I thought, gee, you might end up kicking six or seven at this rate because he kicked yeah. three of the, our last three goals. But, um, yeah, that would be the stopper. But, I mean, um, what a great effort. Yeah, it was, mate. Uh, unfortunately, from there, uh, Holmes kicked a couple of goals for them. Uh, Evan slammed one through for the Cats. Um, you know, Caldwell got another chance up forward and kicked truly, which was good to see. Um, and then, uh, you know, we saw Guelphie working up the ground end-to-end uh, to end up with a ball win mark. Um, but unfortunately, his kick was wide. Uh, and then we saw Terminator Peter take a mark right on 50. Uh, and he kicked it nicely uh, for the last score of the match. Uh, but we ended up, Jam ended up, uh, sorry, going down by the 11 goals. Uh, so 20 goals, 18, 138 to our 11 goals, 6, 72. Yeah, there was a, yeah not much more you can say about that. It's disappointing. Um, probably, you know, the pleasing thing was that we kind of finished the quarter. Sometimes there used to be an old saying, mate, that the way you finish a game is usually how you start your next one. Yeah. Um, so to know that we had like three of the last four scoring shots, even though Geelong probably took their foot off the throat, so to speak, um, at least we'd made some kind of movement and um, in a positive direction because, as you said, it was 70-odd points down at three-quarter time. It's the only quarter we won uh, was the last quarter. So uh, not convincingly, but still enough to win a quarter, which uh, at that stage we hadn't done. Oh, mate. So I know it was disappointing, uh, disappointing showing. But um, look, it's, it's behind us now uh, for the large part. So just got to hope the boys respond from here. Yeah. All right. Well, that's pretty in-depth. Uh, around one, but um, yeah, especially when it was a tough loss, but what we'll do is we'll have a break and we'll come back with the Don's Cast Metal Boats. And you're listening to Don's Cast. Well, mate, um, Always hard to give votes under uh, convincing losses, but um, we will do it because that's the protocol. But uh, <laughs> so you may have to dig a little bit deeper to find these players. And um, you know, like I said, uh, we were convincingly beaten, but somehow we'll find five players, mate. So why don't you lead the race? No worries, mate. Well, I think it comes as no surprise uh, for my five votes. James, I went for uh, Nick Martin. Um, you know, 27 disposals, five goals, absolute gem. Showed so much poise for a young bloke. Um, couldn't go past him for the five. Uh, and honestly, from there, mate, daylight. Um, and it's uh, it was very stark contrast between who stood up uh, and who didn't. Um, I dare say there'll be a bit of... Um, uh, yeah, a bit of difference in our voting. Obviously, yeah, I've done my votes independently. You've done yours. Um, so I'll be interested to see how we end up 
Um, but for four votes for me, James, might be a uh, interesting one for some, but I've, I've gone for Matt Guelphie. Um, I thought he was one bloke who stuck true to this sort of blue-collar um, workman-like uh, sort of attitude. Um, I don't know, that's, that's Matt Guelphie's game. That's what he's known for. It's what we all love him for. Um, but, yeah, for Matt Guelphie, you know, he's, he's playing a role for us that we needed, you know, that sort of, uh, sort of forward, you know, half-forward kind of role there. Um, it can be a very difficult spot to play. Um, you don't always um, get a lot of the footy. You have to find it a lot of the time. He ended up getting the 13 disposals, Jamie, and um, ended up using it fairly well. Actually had two goal assists. Could have kicked the eye himself, but unfortunately he um, missed that one. But what I really liked about him, Jamie, um, and this is a kind of damning stat for the side in general, um, but he was equal highest number of tackles for Essendon with four. Four tackles um, for a, a forward pocket um, as the equal high amount of tackles in the game. Uh, I reckon it's pretty damning on the on the group in general. Um, and so, you know, for Matt, Matt Guelphy, like to deliver a couple of inside 50s, have six score involvements, actually use the ball pretty well. Um, that has been a um, knock on him previously, but he disposal efficiency up near that sort of 85%. Um, got four contested possessions. I thought he had a really solid game for us. Um, yeah, and particularly noting three of those tackles were inside 50. I thought he, um, he really played his role for the side. Um, so four votes to Guelphy. Three votes, I went to Archie Perkins. Um, look, particularly early, I thought he showed a lot of class, a lot of poise. Um, he seemed to fade out of the game in and out for mine. Um, but as a young bloke in his second year, um, I thought he showed a lot of good signs to go, oh, this is what we got him for. You know, his entries inside 50 um, were, were pretty classy. And the unfortunate thing is we, we didn't, um, you know, make the most of those. Obviously, we saw Guelphie miss um, and we saw Jai Colwell basically not, not even put up a shot. Um, uh, so, you know, for Archie Perkins um, to have, you know, five inside 50s, he had five score involvements, um, two intercept possessions. Um, and, you know, I think, um, you know, he just he just worked all game, had the four contested possessions. I, um, I thought he had uh, quite a good game for us, so three votes to Perko. Two votes went to Tommy Cutler, mate. Um, now, uh, as many people may know, like previously last year, like we were, we were pretty, pretty hard on him. Um, but he's proved us all wrong. He's um, you know, shown his willingness to, to fight back. And um, I thought he was pretty important for us um, and actually played his well, uh, role um, yeah, fairly well for mine. Um, you know, playing that wing position, um, he actually had 538 metres gained for us out of uh, 24 disposals. So I thought he played his role there. Kicked goal, um, actually had nine marks. Um, and that's, you know, Second, second highest, um, third, like the, our highest mark getter was debutant Nick Martin again. Um, but nine marks from Tommy Cutler, I thought showed real, um, like real good endeavour from him. His defensive efforts have much improved. Uh, so I, I thought, um, yeah, two votes to go to him. 
One vote, um, I actually went for Dylan Shield. I thought he was out of our midfielders, James. Um, particularly in that first half, I thought he was the one showing real endeavour, the one that seemed to try to break the lines, try to do a few things different. Yes, he faded out of the game uh, at times, uh, but he's another who, um, uh, and again, with that damning stat for mine, he was equal highest um, tackle getter with four tackles. Um, had three clearances, uh, 372 metres gained, uh, had a goal assist. Um, you know, took the, took the five marks. I, I thought he had a, um, a solid game for us. Um, but honestly, that I, I do have to say, you know, giving him a vote there, that um, it sort of shows the, uh, the limit of how many players put their hand up to go, yep, I, I um, played a decent game today. So... That's how my votes went, James. Um, how about yourself? How'd you end up? Yeah, so pretty similar, I think. Um, you know, definitely five for Nick Martin. You know, obviously, what more can you say? It was a fantastic performance. Um, you know, I gave four to Archie Perkins, yes, mainly because of his, um, you know, the start of the game. And, um, you know, he just seemed to look a class above in terms of contested footy, I thought, in terms of, being able to spin, it, spin his way out of trouble. Mm. Um, there was a passage of play, especially when we'd had a bit of a run on, he, he took a mark and whether he didn't have the faith the umpire was going to pay it, yeah. um, he played on. And yep. um, I would have liked to see some composure there just to go back, but I also give him a mount because he probably thought it might get called play on and he's looking for space. But he kind of rushed that play and, um, yeah, that'll come with his craft, you know, once he knows, um, you know, what he's available to do. But I think, you know, it was an important part of the game, not that we would have won the game, but just to keep that scoreboard pressure on. Um, so I'd like him to learn from that. But I, I still thought he had a great game. That's why I gave him the four. Three uh-huh. um, votes, so I gave to Dylan Shield. Yeah, again, it was more his work early. Um, yep. And look, his field kicking is not always spot on. We know that. That's part of the territory that comes with Dylan. But um, I still thought he's a little bit bumbly at times, you know, for a seasoned player. But he wasn't alone there, as I've already discussed, about, um, you know, Darcy Parrish and Zach Merritt. So, yeah, I, I thought he had, a, you know, quite a good game, considering we're also going to give him an out that he hasn't had the same preparation. If you remember, mate, he missed a game of the pre-season to go and do a leadership course. And I thought uh, when he was doing that leadership course, I thought, I hope that's not a niggly injury. So he was able to get through the game. So in a way, that's a plus. Um, two votes, you know, I, you know, again, it was hard to get these names out, mate, because, um, <laughs> it's, yeah, you really dig deep and, you know, it doesn't come about, um, you know, your, your criticism. But I gave Jai Caldwell two votes I, you know, more so he kicked two goals as well. So um, goals were hard to come by. Two goals, one, I think. And, and as you said, there was one play where he could have actually uh, had another ping at goal. So to have three or four scoring shots is, is not bad for a midfielder. Um, he certainly worked harder. He, he was not that noticeable, to be honest, um, uh, within plays, uh, you know, other than those set shots. But same token, I, I thought he... Uh, it's good to see him get through a game unscathed. And, yep. um, I think he'll build on that. So I thought it was probably a good game. And 
I agree. I gave one vote to Tom Cutler. I gave him the one vote, uh, you know, for the sub to come on. He admittingly came on early, but, uh, you know, I thought he looked pretty assured, um, you know, once he came on. And, you know, it was, you know, one thing I could see live at the game, his preparedness to run. Um, yeah, it was really pleasing, I thought. Um, and, yeah, I, I think that, you know, uh, he won't be a sub this week. I think he'll definitely... Uh, would have earned a spot in the in the main team, and um, let's hope he keeps working hard. But we really need uh, him to be able to use that leg of his, um, you know, to, to get it forward. And you know, it's nice for him to kick a goal as well. So yeah, gave him the one vote. Yeah, beautiful. All right, mate. Well, uh, I'll tally those up. Um, so. I'll go from the bottom, as I usually do. Um, so to kick us off for round one, these are the Don's Cast Medal votes as they stand right now. Uh, so Jai Colwell with two votes, Tommy Cutler with three votes, Dylan Cheel and Matt Guelphie with four, Archie Perkins with seven, and Nick Martin on a perfect 10 Don's Cast Medal votes, mate. That's a start to Nick Martin, obviously, but... um. Yeah, I'm like, I've got to say, um, this is where stats don't tell a story. Because if somebody said to you, I'm going to give you um, Zach Merritt's stats, mate. Uh If I said before the game, Zach Merritt's going to have 39 disposals, he's going to take three tackles, seven marks, and he's going to kick at 85% efficiency, or disposal efficiency is going to be at 85%. Would you expect him to be close to five votes? In that yeah, buddy, yeah. So that's his stats um, that he had. So uh, this is where you really need to pull apart what they actually do because when you hear 39 disposals, it sounds really high. Uh, 25 of those are handballs. So they're, oh. they're easily under pressure, trying to you know, get one, twos going to try and get out of trouble. And um, as I said, he's just uncharacteristic. Uncharacteristically, but oh, I can't even say that, mate. But um, he was he was making you know errors that we don't usually see him do, and and secondly, very fumbly on the day. Um, Darcy Parrish, mate, if I was to tell you that he had thirty four disposals, six marks, just a one tackle, but still had disposal efficiency of eighty two percent. You'd think that was get your votes as well, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, that was his stat line, mate, but he had 14 kicks and 20 handballs. So, again, those handballs, you know, the reliance on that. And, look, admittingly, when we play our best footy, um, we get those chain of handballs going. But when it's forced and it's done out of panic mode, and that's what it looks like at least, it's really unconvincing. Mm. And um, that's where, as I said, I just wanted to pull those two out just to say about the stats don't always tell the story and... Yeah, um, we've got a lot of soul searching to do before the Brisbane game, but yeah, I'm hoping that we're going to see a um, much better effort next week. Yeah, absolutely, mate. All right, well, let's have another break, mate. We'll come back with By the Numbers. Uh, 
and you're listening to Dom's Cast. And as we always do, we go by the numbers. We start off with Andy McGrath, mate, and I've got to say, I'm going to start off on this one. Oh, Andy, please look before you kick. Uh, it's been a common trend of his, you know, always just kick blindly. Um, yep. It never seems to work. I, you know, uh, this is where I worry about him playing um, in the thrust of the contest. You know, I really think his best footy's played as a defensive player um, who can generate run out of that back line. Um, but, yeah, I'm really getting sick of him just blindly kicking. And um, you know, His disposal efficiency was 66%, uh, but kicking was only 57%, right? So uh, that's a bit of a worry, you know, when your number one draft pick is really... Yeah, and I shouldn't hold him to that. Yeah, just because he's number one. But I mean, look, he's had many years in the in the competition now. Um, you know, this is a common trend. He needs to get that out of his game. He's just got to be, yeah, you know, um, a little bit more composed. And as I said, if he's not designed to be, uh, you know, a clearance player, um, don't try and make him one. Let's use his strengths and. and get the very best out of Andy. And as I said, I, I still think he plays best footy defensively. Yeah, definitely. I think, like, again, going to that theme of, um, uh, you know, the, the stat sheet, not telling the story. I mean, he got 29 disposals, got five clearances, uh, 497 metres gained, and all that sounds excellent. But, yeah, when you're, you know, kicking at 50-odd percent, uh, your overall efficiency is at 65% or so. Um, effectively, what you're doing is coughing it back up to the Cats. And we know the, the Cats are a, a solid unit. You know, if they're getting out of defence, um, they've got good ball users down there and their midfield is cutting us up all day. So, um, yeah, that um, that kind of stuff really, really killed us. And I guess the, um, the acid I'd... I'd sort of put an Andy McGrath, like I, I do believe in in as a player, but if you are wanting to be a leader of this football club, unfortunately being a good leader, you know, around the club and being a good communicator and a good bloke and all that um, doesn't cut it when we need people to step up on the football field. I mean, at the end of the day, we're here to, you know, to win premierships uh, for this in football club Um and certainly coughing the ball up time and time again isn't going to achieve that. Um, so um, that's a I mean, challenge. Me as a fan, the bloke who sits on the couch and, and yells at the TV and all the rest of it, um, obviously acknowledging my limitations there. But, I mean, if you want to be a leader of this football club, um, yeah, we, we expect better than that uh, for mine. So not a great game from Andy. Yeah, Sam Draper. Um... Had the 33 hitouts, mate, but so many of them were read by Geelong. Yep. They uh, ended up just roving to him, basically. And um, Sam, we know he's still developing, you know, has that soccer background and he's lost a year due to a knee. Um, yeah, I think he he still has a lot of work to do in terms of his rut craft. Um, he's certainly got genuine raw tra- uh, talent, mm. uh, but... Just so many of his hit-outs went straight to Geelong players and uh, 
Um, yeah, so I'm sure he'd be working on that. But uh, just the 12 disposals, um, yeah, obviously Ruffman, you don't expect him to get too many. I, I thought it was a good effort that he had three tackles. Um, yeah. He said our top tackle was four. So for your Ruffman to have three, um, I thought that was pretty good. But as I said, uh, yeah, uh, a work in progress, I think, Sam is. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, yeah, it's great to have talent and, and all the rest of it. Um, but that whole midfield unit um, needs to needs to talk, needs to work together much more um, because, like, he effectively he dominated the, the hit-outs, um, but they, they went straight to Geelong, as you said. Um, so we're largely ineffective. Uh, and, and personally, um, as good as it is to see how he's physical around the ground and that kind of thing, from a ruckman, I would I would want I would expect more than one mark for the yeah. game. Yeah. Um, I think that's um, uh, that's definitely an area of the area of the game he needs to um, uh, work on to uh, to help us out there. I've got no doubt he will, um, but uh, that's just an area he needs to work on. Not his not his uh, best game, but um, certainly a, a developing prospect. Uh, Darcy Parrish, as we talked about earlier, mate, had no trouble finding the footy. Just the 20 handballs is just too many for mine. Um, you know, like, he certainly was working hard, but fumbly. Um, wasn't as one-touch as he, he can be. Mm. Um, and as I said, uh, apart from that, it just wasn't a standout Darcy game. And, you know, I guess it's pleasing that he's been able to find the footy, but um, largely ineffective. Yeah, I mean, in some parts, I can see he's a bit of a victim of his own success. Like last year, we just saw how good he was. Um, and even this game, you could mount an argument as to why he should get votes. You know, he had 10 scoring involvements, um, yeah, six marks, 462 metres gained, four clearances, a goal assist. That all sounds great. But again, one tackle for the whole game in that midfield unit, I, I think he's not good enough. Um, and so I think that's where he definitely um, you know, let, let himself down there in terms of his own, own standards. So I think defensively that midfield unit needs to look at himself and um, you know, not stand for getting run over um, by, uh, by teams like Geelong. And certainly they'll have um, a hard task in the next couple of weeks against um, Brisbane and, uh, Melbourne, um, yeah. So not not his best game. He wasn't he wasn't the worst, um, most stretch of the imagination, but uh, certainly not by his standards. Not his best game. Oh, Langford. Not much to say. He made him, uh, obviously injured himself, and that's the third time he's done his hammy in about three years. Uh, like in terms of the same hamstring. Yep. So you can see why they want to do surgery on that, mate. Because obviously it's. Uh, common tear um, that's happening there. Mm. And, uh, and from memory, I think he may have done it twice last year. So um, if he's having constant issues with that hammy, um, while sort of hurt not having him for 10 to 12 weeks at this stage, um, yeah, it's hard to try to keep waiting the four weeks, put him back in and wait for it to tear again. So yeah. they've got to do something different. Yep. Dev Smith, mate, um, I'll tell you... Um, he just doesn't get enough of the footy. I, I know he had 17 disposals in the end and, uh, you know, he worked hard to try and get the footy, but, you know, he kicked a goal, 
that was our first one. Um, yeah, I, just don't, I don't know how, what to make of his game, man. He's just, it's large periods you just don't see him. And I understand he plays forward, so if the ball's not going there, uh, that can be a problem. But um, yeah, he's just not the dev that came across uh, that first year, mate, and went on to win the best and fairest. No, he's not. I mean, for mine, he had a, a bit of a, um, a kind of almost game. Well, I sort of term him in that. You know, he, he could have been good. Um, you know, he kicked that first one, had two more opportunities. If he walked away as a small forward kicking three goals, you're like, oh, that's not bad. There were large parts of the game there where he's largely ineffective or you just didn't see him. Uh, and again, we didn't see that manic pressure. Him. Like the, the massive hole we have in our list is a small pressure forward. That's what we're hoping Deb Smith would bring. Um, but he only managed two tackles for the game. Uh, and I think if that's uh, you know going to be your role as that sort of almost a defensive forward to lock the ball in there, um, you know, we're going to need to see more than that. I'm really hoping it's not due to um, you know his knee issues uh, sort of recurring, um, which really hampered him uh, certainly a couple of years ago now. Um, so... Yeah, who knows what it is, but we definitely need more, uh, not only from Dev, but our um, I suppose smaller brigade in the forward line there. So, yeah, not Dev's worst, but certainly not his best. Yeah, he seems to lack a yard of pace, mate. I think yeah. he's definitely um, been affected by those knees. And, yeah, he's just, yeah, that manic pressure, as you say, it's just not coming because, as I said, if you don't have speed in the game, uh, it's hard to put that pressure on. Yeah. I think that's what may be lacking at the moment. Um, Jai Caldwell, I ended up giving votes, mate. I thought he, um, yeah, he wasn't that noticeable throughout the game, uh, but in the end, he, he had, as I said, the three shots at goal, really four. Um, he, tried, he elected to try and pass one off, but I mean, um, he was still a target. He kicked two goals. Um, again, only the one tackle, though. So, um, Sorry, two tackles he had. Um, yeah, but that, that just goes to show a bit of a theme in that midfield that our, our mids just couldn't put any pressure. And I think largely that comes from us always wanting to be ahead of the ball. It's like we yeah. rolled the dice and just kept running forward. Yeah, um, yeah we're going to have to do some work on that because if you're not winning the ball, you have to play the defensive game as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I thought he was solid without standing out and... Honestly, that's all I can really expect of him at this stage. Um, yeah, what is it? He's like fourth game of footy or something like that uh, for the club. So, um, yeah, he's got to find his feet, got to get his confidence back in his body and all the rest. But I thought he kept presenting all game. That was a good thing. Like he had eight marks at the end of the day. Uh, but again, defensively, um, definitely need to work on that. Um so, yeah, it's good he bobbed up for a couple of goals, but, um, yeah, definitely need more defensive effort from our midfield brigade. Yeah. Uh, continuing that trend, mate, Zach Merritt, as you said, 39 disposals, seven marks, three tackles, and, you know, probably we're being harsh on him, like you said before, mate, a victim of his own success sometimes. Um, yeah, we probably expect too much out of him, but um, I just found him too fumbly to give him a vote on the day because, um, as I said, his fumbles uh, would lead to Geelong goals at times, and yeah. they they always register in your mind. Yeah, they do, mate. They they stand out and they they kill you uh, eventually. He actually had uh, yeah game high for us with five clangers 
Uh, and obviously you get more possessions, there's more likelihood you are going to have more clangers. Uh, but I think, yeah, particularly from a uh, vice captain of the club, um, you know, we need you to shore up um, your uh, disposal there. Um, yeah, I mean, look, again, he's one you could, purely from a stat sheet perspective, you could mount an argument to go, oh, no, nah, come on, he, he played all right. But um, it, a lot of it just seemed like stat collecting uh, to me. He, he wasn't an influence on the game for mine. Um, so, uh, yeah, not his, not his best effort. Dylan Shield, as I said, I gave him a vote, gave him votes as well. Um, he's particularly started the game early uh, very well, I thought. You know, even though we we started badly, I thought he was the main senior player that was standing up during that time. Yep. Um, he got a handball out to Nick Martin for his first goal, but uh, he ended up with 23 disposals, nine kicks, 14 handballs, um, five marks, but four tackles, which isn't um, something that he's highlighted on. Um, sometimes the, the quip was that he uh, would run fast when it was attacking but not run defensively. So I think that shows a little bit of a change. But, um, yeah, and his disposal's not ever going to be elite. Uh, we know that. But, you know, I thought he, he definitely worked hard uh, within the contest. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's, he's, he's one that took the game on um, when it was still hot. Um, he obviously faded uh, yeah, particularly in that second half there, but I thought uh, the effort he did show early. He was one of the very few who tried to take the game off a scruff of the neck, um, but obviously couldn't uh, couldn't do it alone. So I, yeah, I thought he played a uh, yeah solid game. And Tom Cutler made he uh, came on as a medical sub, and he ended up with uh, twenty four disposals, sixteen kicks, eight handballs, nine marks, two tackles, a goal. And 92% disposal efficiency for the for the game, which is um, yeah, pretty high, obviously. But, um, yeah, I, I thought he did a, a great job as being the sub. Um, you know, certainly uh, wouldn't lay any blame to him. No, I, I thought he, he absolutely played his role, had the six score involvements, uh, four intercept possessions as well. So I thought that was a, a pretty good effort um, with five contested possessions. And that's certainly an area of his game that... Um, you know, he, he needed to work on last year. He's he's done that. Um, so I, I thought he played quite a good good game for us. Five hundred and thirty-eight metres game, mate. So that's a you know, his long kicking um, you know, can really come to the fore in that. Hmm. Um yeah, Nick Cox, mate. Um am I missing one? No, no. Yeah, Nick Cox. Yeah. Um yeah, he, he uh I don't know, mate. I yeah, probably I agree with the sentiment. Like, probably his last six or seven games of last year followed on by this one. Um, he's done something with his kicking style, mate. It almost looks like a chip. Um, yeah. And, and there's no power through his kick. So it means that the ball's always held up when he's trying to hit a target. Yeah. And um, at times it's notable that he's taking too long to make a decision like there was a couple of it I was on the wing there's a couple of times where players were out he just had to make quick decisions to move the ball forward but it was taking that long and Geelong were getting players back and it yeah. led to just being these chip kicks that you know Geelong loved they just kept uh, forcing them out so 
Um, I'd like to see that addressed, you know, just the, just the way that he's, uh, you know, his decision-making, you know, just, and also just because he's got the ability to kick, mm. you know, quite well. But um, yeah, for some reason, he's doing this real, I, I don't know how to describe it, but it's almost like he's um, using a sandwich, mate. Like, you know, just trying to get out of the, <laughs> out of the sand. Um, <laughs> it's just got no real conviction with, with the kicking. Yeah, I mean, to me, how it reads, and you know, hopefully I'm completely wrong, but it reads like a bloke who's he's bought into his own hype, um, and he's trying to be a bit cute with his kicks. Um, yeah, we saw this was the kind of stuff that you know, Joe Janahill would used to do sometimes, like a very capable field kick. Um, but we'd see him do these um, little little kicks that you know maybe look flashy, but um, when they don't come off, they um, they make you look pretty pretty silly um and it's it's interesting with with nick cox because there's two schools of thought one of them is um look these are really talented kids he was taken at pick eight you know last year um you need to get as many games into him as possible but at what cost like to the not only to the team but in terms of his development as well um to me um you know he's had a, a full preseason to uh, to work on his game and everything like that. Um, to me, he didn't show any improvement in terms of his uh, physicality. Like he has bulked up a bit. He's still uh, pretty slight, um, but he didn't really demonstrate a willingness to me to um, yeah, want to go hard at the footy. Um, and, and even, um, you know, just um, his want to sort of uh, fly at marks. Like he did take five marks in the end, but... Um, Certainly a bloke 200 centimetres tall plus, um, you know, with his athletic ability, I think he, he could be anything. Um, but he, I don't know whether he uh, still isn't able to read the, the play. Personally, I think, um, you know, I'd, I'd persist with him for a bit, you know, given injuries and, um, you know, the lack of, lack of uh, I suppose, mobile tools we, we currently have. Uh, but if he's continually not performing... I'd rather see him uh, develop in the, in the VFL, get a bit of confidence. Um, and with the focus of um, you need to win some, some hard footy, you need to um, go for contested marks because um, that hasn't been a, a factor of his game so far. Um, and certainly, um, yeah, get, get his kicking right because he is quite a capable kick. Um, he can take the game on. He's shown the ability last year in glimpses um, to be one of those players who can take the game on. He, like, realistically, he has all the tools to be a superstar of this competition, um, but certainly not when you're, yeah, going for half-hearted um, kicks that, uh, yeah, slow up the play and, you know, effectively choke our, our forward line through lack of decision-making. Um, probably sounds pretty harsh, but, I mean, um, I guess... You know, when we look at guys with, with a lot of talent, um, that's kind of what um, goes through my mind. Um, when I weigh that up against guys like, you know, uh, yeah, Guelphie, for example, who doesn't have that little of talent, but Jeezy puts in, mate. Um, so that's the, I suppose, the, the difference there. So I, I didn't think it was a great game from him, but um, hopefully he'll respond from here. Now, Jordan Ridley, I, I thought he had one of his worst games for the club. But now, considering the ball was down there so, so much, um, now he's such, usually such a sure defender. 
Um, and even though he's kicking or like his disposal efficiency is showing as 82%, mate, he was uncharacteristic. Oh, I can't say this word. Uncharacteristically, right? yeah. Yeah, please help, mate. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can't even get my words right. So how am I? That's all right. Well, that's, that, that is characteristic for you. So <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't even. Um, I'm having a go at a bloke for playing footy, and I can't even speak properly. But um, yeah. Um, no, I just thought that yeah, he wasn't as sure with his kicking um, yeah. uh, as he usually was. Uh, so I, um, uh, yeah, it's only one game, and obviously um, yeah, he's playing against a very good forward line in Geelong. But uh, yeah, just felt that. It wasn't your typical Jordan Ridley game. It wasn't, but personally, I, I put that a lot on our midfielders. I think our midfielders let us down quite a lot from the game, put our defenders under pressure. And so it'll be the same for Laverde, for Stewart, um, you know, even uh, Nick Hind and, and Kelly. Um, yeah, I think all of those guys were, were really stretched. Um, uh, and so Jordan really didn't have that time to set up behind the ball and um, and spike because he was trying to put out spot fires of um, you know cats players just running rampant in the forward line um, and effectively with the cats midfielders being able to take their time stop prop pick and choose who they're going to kick to at what angle they're going to kick there um, for the cats to to run onto it uh, I thought the Defenders' days were made very difficult. No, we didn't have a fantastic game, but I think the um, midfield has certainly uh, led a lot to that. So, um, yeah, I think Jordan really has got enough runs on the board that um, we can let this one slide. Um, uh, and certainly he would have been pretty dirty um, at, uh, at the pressure the defenders were under, um, I would imagine, anyway. Yeah, definitely. Jaden Laverty, it was starting to go down. Uh, as you said, it was heavily winded in the end. But, um, yeah, I thought he battled hard, mate, even yeah. after that. Um, you know, like, as I said to you before, um, Hawkins, after the five-minute mark of the second quarter, didn't kick another goal. Um, and Laverty was having spells on him um, during that time. So, yeah, I thought Jaden uh, battled manfully. You, know, you can't look at his stats because he's not designed to do that, but just the fixed disposals. But you know, his effort was definitely there. And he did spend a lot of time on the bench too, mate. Um, obviously, yep. after um, copping that whack, he, he would have been pretty sore, I'd imagine. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I think he played his role. Um, you know, to go toe-to-toe to go -to -toe with Hawkins... Um, uh, is a pretty difficult matchup, particularly when he's giving away a lot of size. Um, no, I thought he played um, played a solid role for us, Jane. Yeah, um, we move on to Archie Perkins. Um, I thought he had a pretty good game, as you saw. I gave him four votes, but um, yeah, he seems to. You know, I noticed uh, he definitely put on a little bit of size over the preseason, um, and he just knows how to shake his hips, mate, to try and. Um, Shrug off likely tacklers. So, um, yeah, I, I thought you know, he, he had a pretty good start to the round one. Yep, definitely. Um, I'll back that. I, I thought he uh, played a solid game. Yes, he was quiet at times, but um, certainly he showed a lot of good intent and, um, yeah, certainly showed in more than just glimpses of what he um, had, uh, you know, periods of the play there where he looked on. Um, so hopefully he can... Uh, you know, up his fitness, up his um, uh, composure in the 
within the game to keep that going longer. Um, but I thought he played a pretty decent game for us. James Stewart, mate, he had his uh, all sorts of work uh, early. You know, you know, always hard to play with Tom Hawkins, uh, especially when the you know the nice weather um, and the delivery was very very good by Geelong to him. Yeah. Um, and as you say, mate, doesn't matter who you're talking about in the competition. They're generally going to give away size to Tom Hawkins. He's such a big unit. Mm. Um, and, and let's face it, James Stewart, he's not a, you know, he hasn't been playing defence all his, all his uh, career. So he's still adapting to that. Um, so if he was on a video game, mate, he was playing on hard level and he really um, looked out of, out of sorts at times, like totally out of his league. Yeah. But I, I mean, he certainly tries hard and like, I think he's still worth, you know, persevering with. Yep. Um, he's our only defender with, you know, that's got that height as well as some body size. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think um, until the likes of Zach Reed get their body right, um, he may be still a key post down back. Yeah, absolutely. And we talked about it at the start of the season. There's really not a lot of um, options for us. Yeah, for people saying, oh, James Stewart isn't that great. Well, he might not be a world beater, but what he does, he puts in effort every week. And uh, we don't, we just don't have any um, other defenders of that size to go down there. And I think he still did um, play a serviceable role. Yes, he gave up, you know, the footy smarts. Yes, he gave up size to um, Hawkins. He was able to kick those four goals early. But on the other side, he had a game-high seven intercept possessions, uh, had four score involvements for us, four contested possessions. Um, and I think, yeah, to make two tackles as well for a big bloke, uh, not a bad effort. Um, I think, yeah, obviously he um, uh, had his colours, lo- colours lowered on the day. Um, you know, quite honestly, he was comprehensively beaten by Hawkins, but... Um, the delivery that Hawkins was getting uh, and the lack of support our defenders were getting uh, from our midfielders, I think um, certainly lent itself uh, to that. Um, so I'm certainly not putting it all on the shoulders of James Stewart. Um, I, I still think he had a solid game for us. Oh, and mate, again, this is where these stats are really misleading. Mm. You know, 23 disposals, 17 kicks, six handballs, uh, 87% disposal uh, efficiency. Again, it sounds great. Um, five contested possessions, three tackles, six marks. You know, like that's the kind of stats that would get you a vote, surely. But um, I just found me and why I marked him a bit harsher was that he was always running ahead of the footy. And um, again, like him and Mason Redmond were doing the same thing. They just, yeah. you'd look up and they were both. Charging towards goal, but that was leaving huge holes at the back when the ball would turn over. Yep. And Geelong just had a field day being able to just run back with no pressure on. Yeah, they did, mate. And I guess on one side, you can see what they were trying to do. They're like, well, shit, we're not getting a lot of um, forward entries here. We're looking pretty stagnant um, when we are trying to get the ball up. So they were trying to help out um, and try to get some end to end play going. Uh, but when Geelong were just cutting off um, every entry, we get found out when we had holes, um, you know, in our in our defensive line. So, um, look, not his not his best game, but um, yeah, certainly he wasn't alone. Um, 
but uh, I'll back Nick Hine to uh, uh, to respond to that. He he seems too proud a player to to let that um, you know be his um, be his standard. I, I think he'll he'll lift in the coming games. Um, that's certainly not his best effort on the day. Yeah, just uh, on a side note, mate. Not that it's big news, but. I just ordered his Goonsy, so it's just arrived today. So <laughs> that's what number I'm rocking around with this year. So, um, yeah, I'm hoping that I'll, be, I'll be able to uh, quote Put the bloody better locker games. on him, mate. Yeah, I know. I think that's what I've done. Um, all right, so uh, obviously we go to Peter Wright. Um, you know, he's basically going to be our main forward this year, it looks like, you know. Um, and obviously he didn't get a lot of the footy. He ended up kicking two goals. Um, so I think if he gets two to three goals a week, you know, uh, Matty Lloyd kind of said, you know, if you can get 60 goals out of him, that would be a massive result. Yep. Um, so, like I said, uh, you know, he was so quiet at times, but, again, it was how the ball was being uh, put to him with, like, three Geelong players around him. Yeah. So I think he's going to have games where he'll get off the leash, but... Um, yeah, that game was definitely a tough one for him. Well, I mean, yeah, like it wasn't his, his best game, but the thing I liked about it was he not only kicked the two goals himself, he released Nick Martin to kick a couple. So he had that um, that vision to bring other guys into scoring positions. Uh, and I think that's uh, a good sign that he's he's sticking to the system, to the, uh, to the team style of play. Had the six score involvements in the end. Um, so... Effectively, at the end of the day, he's, he's helped create four goals for the side, um, uh, which not a bad effort. Um, yeah, obviously, we'd love to see more. Um, we always do. But, um, no, I, I thought he looked... Uh, and, he, and he contested well in the ruck. But, again, um, you know, over the 12 hit-outs or so, um, wasn't overly effective. Um, but I think, yeah, you're right. Uh, to to get two goals out of him uh, and another couple of goal assists, we've he's he's played a serviceable role. Uh, not his best, but certainly not his worst. And then Dyson Heppel made. I thought he had a really poor game. He was, you know, hardly sighted in that first mm. half, especially. Um, again, running forward of the footy a lot. Yeah. Um, and so it's obviously a coaching instruction. You, know, you can't have that many players running forward of the ball if it's not a coaching instruction. Yeah. But uh, and that's where we come back to, okay, when things aren't working, let's adapt and go back to you know, positioning and defensive positioning. But, um, yeah, I thought from the captain, just the seven kicks, eight handballs, four marks, two tackles, and 73% disposal efficiency. Um yeah, it wasn't a great game by the captain. No, nah, it wasn't, mate. Um, honestly, he had no impact on the game. Um, and, uh, yeah, it looked pretty slow at times. Um, hopefully, he bounces back from that because we know he's capable of far more than that. Um, but, yeah, obviously, he's, a, he's another proud bloke. I'm sure he won't... Um, um, be wanting to that that to burn away too long. Hopefully, he comes back firing next week. Um, but yeah, certainly not his not his best output. Kane Baldwin made his debut. 
Um, had a couple of shots at goal, mate. And, um, obviously, it was a tough day at the office for him. Um, probably concerning thing for me is, and I said I'm very, uh, you know, very hesitant to go hard at you know, a first game player, but um, just his kicking. Uh, yeah, it's obviously a strength uh, within 40 metres. So apparently, he's a very good kick. Just noticed he didn't really have that much penetration in his kicking. It, you know, it seemed like hard work for him to kick for 45, 50 metres. Um, and that's what happened. He you know, kicked a point on one occasion. Another one, I don't think, registered a score. So um, hopefully that's something that builds throughout the year. But, um, yeah, he, he's obviously... Nice size, um, and I think he'll still get opportunities because of our forward makeup. But um, yeah, he just needs to work on his craft, which I'm sure he'll do. Yeah, it's a huge adjustment. He hardly played last year, maybe played a game or two in the twos. But um, you know, considering his knee history, I think he's just one we're going to be patient with, and hopefully, we get the best out of him. Yeah, definitely. I'm not uh, heaping a lot on him. Um, I think, you know, probably had the yips for his first game, which, uh, you know, wouldn't be, um, you know, unreasonable considering, yeah, he didn't play footy for a couple of years. He played, what, half a VFL practice match um, last year. Or may, no, maybe that was a proper game. Um, but then nothing. And then all of a sudden he's playing round one on the MCG. Um, against Geelong, against a very experienced defensive outfit there. Um, we weren't getting a lot of good delivery. Um, so, yeah, I dare say a bit of, um, yeah, or of the occasion. Um, he's obviously coming back from a couple of knee recos, so probably still, um, yeah, still got to get that trust in his body again. Um, he's done well so far. For more reports, he's training the house then, doing everything he can to get right. Uh and I think it was unfair that just through necessity, through injuries, uh, we needed to, to chuck him in first round. Certainly he'll benefit from um, uh, VFL footy. And I expect um, he will go back to the VFL um, after this week. Um, because and that's not a knock on him. That's just, I suppose, a realistic view that, you know, he hasn't played a lot of footy. Um, to go from no footy to AFL, this is a ridiculous jump. Um, so, uh, yeah, hopefully, you know, from this experience, at least he'll go, crap, that's what AFL level's like. Um, I, need, I still need to do more work to, you know, build in terms of confidence and all the rest of it um, and apply his trade in the VFL where it's a pretty bloody good competition there too, mate. He's not going to get easy ball, but um, he'll certainly develop more confidence uh, through that, I would imagine, than by... Uh, coming up against seasoned AFL level defenders week in, week out. Um, yeah, particularly if our yeah, midfield's getting smashed and being starved of opportunity. So, um, yep, um, for a debut game, um, I suppose he's um, got the got the cobwebs out. Um, but, yeah, certainly I expect um, he'll, he'll probably go back to the VFL side uh, for a bit of development. Uh, Mason Redmond, he had... Uh... 20 disposals, 15 kicks, five handballs, eight marks, two tackles, uh, disposal efficiency at 80%, five contested possessions. Uh, like, he was another one where he had an almost game. Um, mm. you know, he had a bit of the footy uh, game, just left us too open at times with his forward running. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, 
Uh, he had a few shanks mate, that um, ended up being Geelong goals as well. So, um, yeah, I think he definitely going to be the key part of our side. Uh, and uh, I can forgive him for this performance. Yeah, it wasn't his greatest game uh, for mine. Um, yeah, I, I do see a, a good player in Mason Redmond, but um, certainly I think he um, got a bit goal hungry uh, at times. Um, but, uh, you know, that's kind of what we love about him as well. He does have that attacking flair, but I, I certainly don't think um, you know, he had his, his best game for the club defensively. I think, um, you know, he, it wasn't his uh, uh, wasn't his best, uh, but I do expect him to uh, to come back uh, stronger the next game. So I'll uh, you know reserve my judgment till then. But uh, yeah, not the best game from him on the day. Dave Kelly uh, made his debut for the Bombers, twenty uh, seven year old. Um, now he was playing on Stengel um, for large chunks of that game before being you know. Shuffled across to a host of players. Mm. Uh, I thought he started the game pretty quietly, mate. Like, yeah, you, know, you don't look for defenders, especially with him. Yeah, you know, the knock on him is his uh, disposal. Yep. Um, so he's more of a, yeah, your old time kind of defender who focuses on beating his opponent. Um, he's certainly not your new age link up man. But, um, yeah, I thought he got better as the game went on. And, um, yeah, obviously our second half, you know, we only lost the second half by a goal in the end. And, um, yeah, I thought, yeah, he, he definitely showed signs of, um, you know, easing himself into the red and black mode. Yeah, he did. Um, but again, he was a victim of, um, you know, that, that back line there just getting pummeled, the ball coming in left, right and centre. Uh, so it was a bit of a trial by fire for him. Welcome to Westendon, um, you know, Cop this, uh, cop this pressure kind of thing. Um, is that or Essendon? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's it, mate. Um, and I think like that resulted directly in um, the disposal. Yes, we know for Jake Kelly, disposal has been an issue for him. That is an area of his game. He's identified. He's working on it. But both he and Redman had four clangers for the match, mate. Um, that's that's each. So that's quite a lot of um, ball you're giving up to the opposition in a vulnerable part of the ground. Um, so, um, yeah, I expect him to, to come back and um, hopefully shake it off and come back uh, yeah, better than ever. But um, certainly I imagine he'd be among the defenders that would look at the midfield group and say, what the hell? Um, yeah, not good enough. So, um, yeah, yeah, obviously give him a pass for his first game. Um, so let's see how he goes against uh, some pretty talented uh, uh, forwards in the coming weeks. You know, he'll be lining up against, you know, Cameron potentially, and then, uh, you know, could even be lining up against, you know, a Bailey Fritch or something like that in the uh, in a couple of weeks. So he's certainly got his work ahead of him. Yeah, definitely. Um, now, mate, this guy's fast becoming a whipping boy. Mm. Um, but with performances like the one on um, Saturday... He has to expect that. And I thought Braden Ham, um, again, like whether it's through his size or, or what, there's times where he doesn't look like he wants a contested ball at all. Yep. Um, and for such an, you know, we're told an elite runner, 
he doesn't find enough open ball. You know, like he doesn't overlap run hard enough to get loose ball, I, I find. Um, yep. Just watching him, he's a bit stagnant. And there's a couple of times, mate, um, you know, he really, like you see him put his head over the ball. Like he's not even extending his arms to pick it up. You know, that's, you know, I don't want to say he's soft, you know, because as you said, mate, we watch from the stand or the or the couch. Uh, so I don't throw that around, but I mean, in an AFL environment, you're going to expect contests, and um, you know, unless you're always going to get the hand loose handball where there's no body checking, um, you know, you're going to have to win your own footy at times. And um, yeah, I thought he really struggled. Just the ten disposals, five kicks, five handballs, and only seventy percent disposal efficiency, um, and one tackle. You know. Yeah. Um, you know, I just thought it was a really poor game. And I said, not just on Braden, there's plenty of players that didn't play well, but I mean, he really stood out and made he's a real whipping boy, I can tell you that from the stands. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, I guess that's one thing that's felt, um, you know, across everywhere. Um, you know, honestly, if he gets picked again this week, you, you got to wonder what photos he's got, he's got of truck. Um, because, um, yeah, for mine, that can't be the accepted standard. Uh, if we are serious about uh, bringing in a blue-collar, working-class, you know, nose-to-the-grindstone kind of effort from the boys week in, week out, that is not what he's demonstrated. That is not not only just this game, but last last year as well, you know, vast majority of his games, um, you know, were fairly disappointing because... He's a, he is a guy that I think a lot of us have identified. I, I think he's got a lot of um, good attributes. Yes, his running power, um, his skills at times can be good. He's, his kicking at times has been pretty tidy, um, but he lets himself down where he, um, he goes for the easy option as opposed to um, you know, taking an extra second or so and, and choosing a smart option. Uh, you know, of those 10 disposals, three were direct clangers. Um, so it, it hurts you. And to not go in for the footy for that contested work, um, I think is, um, yeah, it, it can't be what we want as a side to have the one tackle um, for someone who who is very fit, who can run all day. Um, certainly you'd be expecting him to use that running power to you know, run and chase and harass, um, you know, take folks down all that kind of stuff. Uh, that's certainly not what we see from Braden Ham and certainly the area of the game that I would expect um, the club would want him to develop. Uh, but I would like to see that happen in the VFL uh, where he's made to beat the door down to make his way back into the senior side. I think there, there's obviously enough tools uh, that Braden Ham has to be a senior player, best 22 player potentially, um, but not with efforts like that. Um, Mac Welfy, mate, you really took a liking to his game. Um, yeah, to me, he, yeah, he's a constant trier. You know, I say that respectfully. It's uh, not a knock on you to be a trier. Um, as, but, uh, yeah, I mean, like, it's just his skill level is sometimes not quite there. Yep. But um, his effort is 100% all the time. And, yeah, that's what I really like about him. But, um, just remind us again why you felt he was... Uh, one of our best. Oh, look, the, the honest thing is, Jamon, I am biased um, mm. because 
his, his attitude, game in, game out. You know what you're going to get from that Guelphie. Um, he's he's kind of like your yeah, liken him to a, I suppose a Matty D type. Like you know that he he's not the most skillful of players. Uh, you know that he's not the fastest, uh, but you know that he's going to put his body on the line when that ball is there to be won. Uh, you know that he is going to be there uh, trying to fly for that ball, um, going into the back of a pack um, because he lives, breathes, sweats uh, footy. Um, he, he loves it. He does everything for his teammates uh, as well as, um, you know, for his own game, you know, more often putting his own game to the detriment um, to you know, try uh, to get the side to succeed. Um so that's why I liked him, um, you know, four tackles on a, on a pretty rubbish day, particularly in that forward line there, as I mentioned, where um, we were getting limited limited entries, limited opportunity, and he still managed to nail four tackles. Uh, and you're telling me guys from the um, sort of midfield can only manage one. I, I think that shows the disparity of, um, I suppose, uh, uh, hard-nosedness, uh, if that's a word, um, yeah. if I can get away with that term. Um, but he goes about his footy um, while others, um, you know, were, were less willing to go into the contest. To have two goal assists, um, yeah, I think we've, we've plugged him into this position uh, because we have no one else in the, in the forward line to play that role. He is the ultimate utility player. He will play anywhere and everywhere for the side um, and has demonstrated that time and time again. No, you won't get games where he... Yeah, rips the game apart and everything like that. But you will always get consistency from Matt Guelphie, um as uh, yeah as, as the as a baseline uh, in terms of effort. Um, no, he's not polished, but um, yeah, I, I could go on and on. But um, no, I, I thought he played a, a solid game for us, um, and um, yeah. Is was one of the very few who demonstrated that ethos of um, that blue collar, uh, workman like um, work ethic, mate. Yeah. Num, num, number 37, Dylan Clark. <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, Nick Martin. <laughs> you like how I did that one? Um, yeah. What a game. Nick Martin, five goals, 27 disposals. Yep. Yeah. Uh, not much more to say because we've already really wrapped him up in our um, voting. Mm. But, um, yeah, it's still hard to believe he's an SSP player, mate. You wonder how these players get by um, that are capable of these kind of performances and they're not on AFL lists already. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolute cracker. Yeah, congratulations, Nick Martin. Uh, you've, uh, yeah, obviously done you, yourself, your family proud um, uh, and were one of the shining lights for the Bombs on a pretty dark day. So, nah, fantastic effort from Nick Martin. Yeah, well, you help me out with the next one, mate, because I'm trying no, to... No, no, we're, we're really, done. That's it. We're done. Um, yeah, I was going to say, I've usually got some players in the 40s, but, um, yeah, I just couldn't think of any. And, no, there was no Waterman, <laughs> no McDonald Tip and Woody. So, uh, yeah, Snelling's changed to 11. He wasn't playing, so yeah, yeah. there's another one. Um, well, let's hope we see a number 40 again, mate, and uh, Tex Wangling at some stage. But, um, yeah, absolutely. Or even a Tom Hood, um, and... That would be another nice highlight when we see uh, Heard and Wanganeen, um, you know, not even named in the side. You know, you 
pretty strong day. <laughs> but um, <laughs> and a boss, mind you, we got boss yeah, yeah. and Look, <laughs> would have killed for that in the nineties. But um, yeah. yeah, let's uh, wait and see on those. Well, mate, I guess we'll, we'll finish off just um, quick VFL news. Um, obviously, we've announced our VFL squad, and uh, there's a familiar place, uh, a face, sorry, coming back to the um, to the club, and that's in. Um, Sean McKernan, mate, he's uh, going to play um, for our VFL side. Uh, yeah, he's a COVID uh, you know, a player that may be called on if uh, at some stage we do go through a horrible uh, period of you know players being rubbed out due to the virus. That's it, mate. Uh, the top-ups are back. Um, mm. And uh, Ian McKernan um, seems to be featured among those. Um, and so, uh, you know, <laughs> he, he certainly one that brought a lot of smiles, um, but also a lot of uh, head shakes to the Bomber faithful. Um, but certainly if he goes out there again, I'm sure we'll back him in. Um, uh, so, yeah, well done to Sean for, for staying fit and, um, yeah, keeping interested in footy and seems to have, uh, you know, kept to fruition here where he's, you know, may have one last crack at the um, crack at it. Uh, but uh, nah, good morning. Yeah, I was going to quickly run through a quick, couple of quick names, mate, before we finish. Um, uh, Will Gold, I think he played for Hawks, mate, um, in the AFL. He, he's come across the uh, as one of these top up players, I believe. Um, and also, you've got uh, a player that we alluded to that we signed. You know who, who I'm talking to. Are you talking about Fayo Junior? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we did sign him. Um, so we were a little bit unsure last episode, but um, that has come to fruition. Um, also, here's a surprise one for you. Um, Lockie Rayner is playing for the Bombers, and he's the brother of the number one draft pick, um, Cam Rayner from Brisbane. Don't tell me we've played the long game there, mate. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, so I think that's about it. I'll, obviously, uh, there was talk that Ben Jolly will play a, as well as a, like a, a coaching kind of player role. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. But, yeah, I'm really looking forward to the VFL starting. Um, and there's a big announcement, mate, um, that all VFL games this year will be live streamed on the seven up um, and one game a week will be actually shown. But I think that's great news that every week and uh, every game, the VFL will have live stream games. So we'll be able to watch the Bombers wherever they play. Uh, you'll have access to be able to watch the VFL too. Fantastic. Hopefully we'll be able to see some wins in that, mate. Yeah, let's hope. And uh, yeah, we've got some good young players. We want to see them play uh, maybe at VFL level. Originally, um, I'm really interested to see how Pat Boss goes and also um, Tex Wanganine and Tom Hurd and all these. So there's certainly a number of players that we can keep our eye on uh, through this uh, new announcement. Absolutely. Brilliant. Well, mate, uh, I know you've got basketball tonight, so uh, you know, we apologise again for the late podcast, but um, after a few days of mourning, um, and I say that, uh, you know, it's just as a joke. Um, yeah, we, we got back on the horse. So um, thank you, everyone, for listening. And uh, until next week, 
let's uh, talk about a big victory about the, the Bombers beating the Lions. So go Bombers. Go Dons.